Indonesia dan lain-lain The podcast about everything you need to know about Indonesia I'm Hyatt Andriatno, an editor with Manga Bay, the environmental news website And formerly with the Jakarta Globe and the Jakarta Post And I'm Bastan Gokon, I'm a journalist with mangabay.com I'm filling in for Aaron Cook, who is the curator of Dari Mulut Kemulut A remarkable newsletter Absolutely. about everything Southeast Asia. Yes, Erin is away. She's in the Philippines this this week covering the elections there, the midterm elections there. Mm-hmm. And she will be back soon with uh, hopefully tales of uh, Filipino food, yeah. which I'm told is excellent. Is oh, you know, sure. I mean, just objectively excellent. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she should be back to Indonesia then online next week. Yes. So this probably it means that this is my last episode probably. What? No. For now. What? Well, I'll be I'll be back. Okay. If you invite me back. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh Bastin, let's get uh, you know, let's get right into the news. Um a bunch of uh, charges and arrests made uh, mm-hmm. this past week. So basically, they all stem from this uh, demonstration that was last week outside the uh, election out. commission oh, and, right. and the election supervisory commission, mm-hmm. the Bawaslo. And uh, so a lot of prominent supporters of uh, the losing candidate, Prabowo, uh, have been... Uh, Unofficial, though. Let's just Yeah, it. yeah. So they, they've been charged with uh, treason, of all things, treason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just to give some context, these demonstrations in particular were calling for um, people power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm guessing in this sense, the authorities uh, are assuming that means they want to um, agitate for a revolution on the streets, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which uh, is not necessarily the case. But what do right. you make of this? Uh, is the authorities let's, being... go, let's go back a little bit, because uh, I think the reason why they are calling for Uh, this revolution is mm-hmm. because they believe that there has been, um, um, you know, mistakes in the counting of the Not ballots. Not just mistakes, I like guess cheating, systematic exactly. cheating. Yeah. yeah. So they believe in that and and they want to make sure that, you know, again, and they believe that Prabowo should be the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet that's not how it's going, like right. showing at the moment. So. Right. So it just at the moment, uh, there's uh, 82% of, of all the polling stations data has been compiled mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jokowi is at 56%. Oh, wow. Which I will continue to say is what I predicted a year ago. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so one of the protesters was on the record mm-hmm. saying that he he threatened to... to right, calling to decapitate, decapitate the, the president. president right. right. And so uh, this politician, um, Ulin Yusra, Uh, Sorry, not politician. Yeah, Uling is he's, he's former a former journalist. journalist. Yes. He, he's actually he helped start up uh, Sato, which is where you know we Jakarta Globe yeah. is at mm-hmm. now. Yeah, so we did actually work with him briefly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, doubt I never actually met her. Him? Oh, it's a him. Yeah, she looks like. <laughs> well, he has long hair. So like. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not trying. To, I'm not being sexist <laughs> here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can have a long hair, including men. Right. Of course, indeed. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta say that I, I think Bastin meant that like sincerely. I think it was a sincere mistake. Um, <laughs> okay, so no, this is the messed up thing. This person was caught on a video that went viral um, right. saying that, you know, let's decapitate the president, which, you know, for every reason, that's not a good thing to say. No, you just don't we, call to decapitate yeah. anyone. Yeah. We are not any in any way condoning right exactly the action yeah you know you don't 
I mean, it doesn't matter that it, he's calling for the decapitation of the president. You just don't call for the decapitation of anyone. No, period. yeah. Right. So what happened is in the wake of this video going viral at this demonstration, Ulin, who's got a pretty hefty Twitter following, he's, he's, he's mm-hmm. pretty uh, big online. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went ahead and doxed mm. uh, not just this person, but two other people mistakenly. Mm, and the okay. messed up thing is he, he gave the pictures, uh, address, name, and a unique uh, national identity number. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, where did he get this data from? Right. Uh, and the second thing, obviously, is it's illegal Absolutely, yeah. to broadcast these uh, this kind of data. Mm-hmm. This is personal private data mm-hmm. that should be, you know, a secret of the state. It should be yep. confidential. Mm-hmm. But he went ahead and did it. Uh, Later on, after the person involved was arrested, he went and uh, deleted uh, the tweets, the, 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 the errant uh, doxing ones, right. the, the ones where he uh, outed the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And he sort of issued a half-hearted apology for it, but it, nothing meaningful. Right. Um, I mean, if you are asking about where this guy is getting his uh, sort of like the the data mm-hmm. from, he he is actually like he's a, one of the biggest stands of Jokowi, right? Right, he is, absolutely. And he's, he's behind the Jokowi Mania uh, group. Yes, the volunteer and organization. So, yes, yeah. and so, I don't know if, if I'm not, I guess I can say that, you know, he could probably get it from the people who within Jokowi's right. so ranks. He, exactly, circles. I mean, because it is a supporter of the government, does that mean necessarily that they have access to government information? Uh, no, not necessarily. You know, that would be a huge indictment against the government mm, Okay. to say that they're leaking this kind of information. But also uh, what's interesting is that uh, Compass did a report about uh, the sort of the, the trade. There's this actual trade in mm. this sort of private data yeah. being done. And it's apparently it's available online as well. Right. And yeah. so you can buy packets of, of people's data yeah. uh, from on Tokopedia, Tokopedia, Bukalapa, those kinds of things. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure what keywords you should be looking for, but you know, please don't try it. Uh, and uh, or they can just because they actually mine our data, right? I mean, we we, we actually release our data mm-hmm. to these platforms right. whenever we want to buy some, or we make the the account, right. and then we have to yeah. insert like um, submit our. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Phone numbers and, and our address, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, and I think what what uh, we tend to miss is that, you know, a lot of these apps and whatever, they're very privacy invasive. But mm. also, uh, it goes back earlier to this it, than this. It, you know, any, anytime you sign up for a credit card or, or insurance mm. or, or bank account, uh, you give your data to the banks. And a lot of times... Have you ever noticed that after you sign up for a new credit card or you finish paying off a loan, right? You immediately start getting bombarded with SMSs. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, every day, yeah. multiple times. Multiple in a day. times yeah. a day, right? I mean, for sure. I'm still getting them all the time. I'm, I'm sure you do. And, and yeah, I, I don't even have a, have a credit card, right. <laughs> and yet you know I feel like my uh, phone number is being right. Sold exactly. To everyone. So you you know I mean we all know that the banks and the insurance companies, basically all the financial services companies are are trading in our data. Mm-hmm, They've been selling mm-hmm. our data for a while. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's so many places that uh, someone like Olin, who's, you know, pretty influential, he could have got all this right. data to dox these people. Right. Just the fact that it's floating around, it's disturbing. And then mm-hmm. when he, someone comes along, someone influential like this with so many 
supporters and they dox like two innocent people in this case mm -hmm. that's even more disturbing right and considering i mean it took him a while right until he uh, uh take down the, yeah. the the post so imagine like these two innocent people uh not knowing what's going on right, exactly. and they're they're probably getting like i don't know threats or right, anything exactly. and then yeah they're like, oh, what, what's going on right now? Because mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't do anything, and yet yeah, exactly. I'm receiving so many backlash for all, like all of a sudden. So, yes. yeah, it's it's something to think about, yeah. and and the fact that you know online platforms are selling to, um, our private data mm -hmm. uh, to to anyone basically, and it's e it's as easy as buying a skincare product. On, right. on on the platform itself and you might even get cash back right promo right <laughs> exactly so it, it if, if anything i think like that that there should be a regulation on that trying to well you know ensure that the internet transactions like that uh the very notorious one mm -hmm. uh, information electronic information and transactions act uh, it actually makes this sort of uh, distribution of, of, of this kind of data, the trade in this kind of data, illegal. Mm, okay. okay. So essentially what Ulin did was a crime. Right. He should have been charged. Uh, mm -hmm. He still should be charged, I believe. Uh, because what he did was a crime. He may have deleted the tweets, but lots mm -hmm. of people kept screenshots. Um, and, you know, again, I think we have to emphasize, notwithstanding the threat that this person made, Right, which in itself should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, and he is, he is, yeah, being he is, charged he's with charged. treason. But let's not forget that Ulin, the person who identified mm -hmm. him, is also doxxed to innocent people, and right. he unlawfully right. exploited this uh, private user data. Right. I mean, even if he had gotten it the first time, uh, he, he, if he had gotten it right the first time, mm -hmm. it would still be it a would, violation. It would still of, constitute a violation yeah. of privacy. Yes, mm -hmm, absolutely. for sure. Yeah, that, that should be the job of the police, not some uh, internet vigilante. No, absolutely. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that's a problem with a lot of, uh, you know, we see a lot of fanaticism on the side of uh, Prabowo mm, supporters. To the point of blindly worshipping yes. either candidate, right? Yes. It doesn't have to be like just Prabowo. Mm, yeah, exactly. And so... Uh, you know, politics is is that's dirty. A, is a dirty mm -hmm, business, and for sure. you know, you sleep with dogs, you get up with fleas, as the old. Oh goes. wow! Right, and I think in a lot of cases, people here are just there's a lot of people itching with fleas right now because mm. you know they've just been tainted by mm -hmm. by their exposure to politics, mm -hmm. and I think this is one of those cases where we've got individuals on both sides, right, who have shown like less than stellar character mm -hmm. in their conduct. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, actually there is a solution to that, you know, because there is a bill that's being um, pushed by, I mean, it, it is, it, it, the bill is called a uh, privacy protection bill mm -hmm. and it is initiated by the government. Um, so currently the bill is uh, we're still in the government and uh, basically the House of Representatives is waiting for the government to right. sub to submit the draft so realistically we're not going to see it this year no absolutely not yeah. there's there's no i mean again unless there's a huge uh political backing into like any bill any of these bills yeah no i don't see that coming no because everyone is already too busy with the election and and then the reshuffle and then you know all the political negotiations and then the new house has to get sworn in so the people like in the current house are just they're, they're not right. giving much of a hoot at this point exactly so yeah. 
Anyways. So that's where things stand right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you worried though about your privacy? I mean, like how how worried are you? Well, I, I know my data has been farmed out pretty widely, just from the, right. from the number of SMSs I get every day. So right. I know that in that sense, my data has been compromised. Yeah, everyone right. knows. Every marketer, every telemarketer knows uh, my address, my name, how much I make, probably. Oh, wow. So... Are you making much? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Did you block this? Do you block these numbers? Oh, I, you know like, what? Uh, I, <laughs> I try to block them, but they, they must use some kind of randomizer. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I've been trying to, uh, like, I, I, I always block these new numbers. Yeah. But then, again, I'm not saying that I'm a busy man, but, you know, Seriously, <laughs> do we have to do it every hour? Yeah. Right? That's. I actually asked ask some asked this on Twitter if there's a way to block unknown numbers from you know getting into your like sending SMS. Mm. I I know like uh, I used to have a Samsung. I'm not proud to say this, but I used to have a Samsung phone. And yeah, for I, the SMSs, they're, they're actually their uh, spam blockers pretty damn effective right, because yeah. you can block on the basis of keywords. Mm. So things like pinjaman or, or those are exactly yeah. <laughs> so you, you can actually block and then any text that contains that word mm. those keywords they they'll block it automatically. Right now I've moved since moved on to Nokia which is awesome. Uh, the only problem is that I the do. the default SMS thing comes from Android. Right. And you cannot block for some reason Android doesn't give you the ability to block SMSs based on keywords. So you have Maybe to. Maybe they're it. getting money from. From advertisers? From yeah, well. it could be. That's, yeah. you know, I wouldn't put it past Google, but yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sponsor us. Sponsor us, <laughs> Google, Samsung. yeah. Samsung, you know. We're open to sponsorships. Not Samsung, though. Uh, no <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not Apple. No, yeah, I, I get these, like, text every day and multiple times and then at one point i was like am i actually poor that i need <laughs> you know loans is this like a like is are they coming for me you know is this an attack or something yeah is it out of concern or is it because they see something in me? right exactly. do they actually know everything about me like my financial situation that they're thinking like oh this guy is so poor that yeah. they he might need loans you know i know it's it's uncanny because they always seem to come at a higher frequency every time i've paid off my credit card ah okay. i pay I off my credit card that. or i finish paying off a loan or something and all of a sudden i get way more offers than usual mm, okay a friend of mine told me that it could be when i get so if you want to buy pulsa um or credit for your phone sometimes you have to go to like this counter mm-hmm. and then you know you write down your number right, right. So he said, he told me that, it might, have you done that recently? I'm like, absolutely not, you know. Uh, I did it like f- 10 years ago. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. And because that was the the norm. Uh, but recently, no. And so I'm wondering, you know, if, if that's still the case and if that's... But for me, no, absolutely not. Mm. So that's also... I guess I'm saying that just to make sure that, you know, for those people who do still do that, you know, that could be... Yeah, a way of like these people get your you number. You know, I, I guess you you can never be too cautious. But then, no. in terms of scooping up bulk data, I don't think that would be the most effective oh, right. effort for people to do it. I think mm-hmm. I think again, my suspicions with the telemarketers, the financial services industries here, right? Who are who do have already these existing databases, and I think they're just farming it out. Right. How about the uh, providers though? Are they? Do you think they're selling their like our numbers? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. 
Okay, yeah. so not just Bukalapa, not just like these online shopping yeah. platforms, but also I think like, the operators, yeah, for sure, the seller right. operators. Mm-hmm. They must be complicit in it because they people do complain about it all the time, and yet it still mm. continues. So right, you know, they do have the power to sort of block these robo spammers, but yeah, and we don't have a system. So we've mentioned this before, and so we don't have a system to block these uh, attacks. Not unless you get a Samsung. Promote us. Okay, uh, and our next installment of Intolerance in Indonesia. We go to uh, Bakasi of all places. Bakasi. Um, you've heard about this, I'm sure, Bastin. Uh there's a Hindu uh, co- uh, congregation in Bakasi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been bequeathed some land for, from a, from one of their late uh, congregants mm-hmm. uh, to build a Hindu temple there. Yeah. Um, the problem is that uh, in, Indonesia, in Indonesia, since about what, 2006 or so, uh, there's so. been this, this dual ministry requirement, Ministry of Home Affairs and Ministry of uh, Religious Affairs, mm-hmm. whereby you need... Uh, to petition your neighbors or the people within a community and you need to get a certain number of signatures to approve the building of any house of worship. Mm. Now for any minority religion, that's it's a always, huge task. It's always a huge sure. task. And we've seen this happen so many times in Bekasi mm. where churches have been uh, denied on the grounds of the, you know, the majority neighbors, mm-hmm. uh, Muslim neighbors. Well. Right. Um, yeah, it's certainly in most of West Java. So. Mm. Uh, where the the neighbors don't want this uh, church in their neighborhood, and so uh, and now this is the case with this uh, uh, proposed temple, uh, Hindu temple that they're building, mm. and so uh, you know uh, it's the the critics they say that uh, it's only going to serve one family, mm. uh, but obviously you know the the Hindu association in Indonesia the. PhDI, I believe it is. Mm-hmm, the Parisada Hindu Dharma Indonesia. Yes, exactly. PhDI. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've come out in support. They said, you know, there's like uh, 7,000 7, congregants yeah. uh, who at present use just, the, you one. know, they have only one temple available to them. Mm-hmm. And it's quite out of the way. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's quite a distance. And so uh, that's the reason they want to build this uh, this other temple mm-hmm. so that they're, they have this option available to them mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. when they worship. But, uh, you know, the neighborhood is not making it... Uh, easy for them no uh i I believe the local neighborhood unit chief said uh, okay yeah you know they already sent us the petitions all the their paperwork is in order it's just that you know now there's opposition but right you know i mean if their paperwork is in order give them their temple right no absolutely i agree with you and um i think the reason behind it is always questionable Mm -hmm. you know it's never a real um a real reason you know like you said, it, it's a huge task for minority groups to collect that many um, signatures, mm-hmm. right? And um, right, and in in this case, they have they, they've succeeded. They did, yeah, yeah, exactly, they did. And the police said that everything is now in order, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that begs for me. That begs a question, you know. Like, are all mosques in Indonesia? built based on like the same requirements? And, That's a good question. You know, yeah. I'm not. Uh, is it because like the Muslim population is too is so large that mm-hmm. 
are, are they ex basically my question is that uh, if building a, a, a mosque is it exempted from this in, in practice not not by well you, you get a lot of parties that, that say that you know uh, it's difficult it's extremely difficult to get permission to build a mosque in places like Papua or, or uh, right East Nusa Tenggara basically you know majority Christian mm -hmm. areas mm -hmm. um, I don't know that it's on the same scale as as, as the difficulty in, in building right. anything other than a mosque in right. Java is right is a problem um, but you know let's let's take this back to the origins why did this happen this happened because uh, this was during sort of one of the more troubled uh, periods when um, there was a lot quite a lot of opposition public opposition towards the Ahmadiyya and the Shia mm. uh, Islamic faiths, you know, mm -hmm. these are minority, uh, I wouldn't say sects, but they're minority uh, faiths within Islam, mm -hmm. but they're considered deviant. And uh, mm. I would say the one uh, official who has uh, done most to uh, brand them deviant, and he even mm. actually formally called them deviant uh, and mm. heretic, is uh, mm. the incoming vice president. Yes, mm. that's right. Maruf Amin, uh, as head of the MUI, he was the one that branded them deviant. He was the one that suggested that the that the push for the government to have um, this uh, very controversial uh, two ministry regulation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, requiring uh, neighborhood approval, mm, and so. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's never actually uh, come forward and, and, you know, expressed any regret for the difficulty that that's caused say, mm. over the years, mm -hmm. because it has caused a lot of misery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know... And look, I mean, if if the claim of, you know, mosques are, are having difficulties uh, to be built in areas like Papua or... Uh, and East Nusatangara, or where, you know, where the majority uh, of the people is Christian... Mm then that's actually it, that regulation is behind right exactly right it's the same thing basically yes. you know uh, you just you just switch the yeah uh, who's at who's who and what is what's going on at at, right. at the time so this pr this regulation is actually uh problematic not just for it has been problematic from the start and i think it's high time that uh, you know mm. the government start reconsidering it and you know now that the architect of it, who's is going to be the vice president, he's going to actually occupy oh. a position of actual power. So, I don't see the prospect for that happening happening anytime okay. soon. Certainly not in the next five years. So, Bastin, uh, what uh, what news caught your eye this past week? Uh, not necessarily news, mm -hmm. but there was a, this huge debate on social media, especially on Twitter, okay. about this um, donation. Uh, or crowdfunding uh, page that is um, started that was started by this Indonesian student in um, the UK. Okay, uh, I know very vaguely about this. Give, give us the lowdown. Right. So this student, the Indonesian student, uh, she is she, her name is Kai Jessica, and she's studying uh, at Oxford. And she's studying international law. Mm -hmm. uh, she started a couple of years ago, or some, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And she's basically now on her last year. Um, so when she started the program, she, she knew that she didn't have enough money to fund the whole thing. And mm -hmm. so, uh, but, and at, it, it was like in 2017. Um, and so she, she looked for ways to help fund her 
um, study, right? And but unfortunately, at the time, I think the government um, postponed, or they the government didn't have the government scholarship. The Indonesian L government. The Indonesian government. Yeah. Yes, the Indonesian government uh, scholarship called LPDP. Um, and so, and the LPDP is covers everything from mm. your flight tickets all the way to until the end of your uh, study and then you go back to Indonesia. Um, but unfortunately at the time it wasn't available. And, um, but uh, Kai Jessica decided to like, okay, I'm still gonna pursue this. Um, and so she did it anyway. She she got funding from, she asked for her family mm. uh, to, to help with the finances uh, for a couple of years. And, and that's um, still not enough? It's still not enough because it's a huge amount of money right. for sure. And uh, she also applied for, she also applied for a partial scholarship program from Oxford. But again, it's not essentially, basically it's it not. It didn't enough. cover the full thing. Exactly. And so was, is she working or was she working at any point? Uh, I think she did uh, part-time jobs okay. um, so, to also like. So she, there, she was doing like making a lot of effort to. to find money before, before she went towards crowdfunding absolutely so b the crowdfunding um page is in my view is her last ditch effort so it's into, like a last resort exactly yeah. her last uh, resort and um and so, so what makes it so controversial what then? makes it controversial is that people uh, so a lot of and she actually uh the the, the crowdfunding page got a lot of money mm -hmm. it, she she was looking for 170 million rupiah or uh -huh. something but she actually uh garnered more than that i think 180 okay. million rupiah um it's until it was uh, eventually stopped the page um a lot of people so a lot of people you know supported it mm -hmm. for sure and but many people also um you know said that she didn't necessarily deserve it mm. so she the the crowdfunding page received so many backlash from these people saying that um oh she doesn't why would you you know go on to oxford knowing that you don't have the money for it you don't have the right. funding to to for your for for your whole program until the end of the year right and then another backlash is um about the fact that she on her instagram account mm -hmm. because of course people look her up mm -hmm. right and the netizen the indonesian netizens are crazy they're they're investigators right, man. at yeah. this point they're they know everything they're vigilantes, right? exactly yeah. um and so a lot of people are so the one of the posts uh she is seen with a Louis Vuitton bag. Ah, right. But we don't know anything about whether it's regional or not. Right? Or at this point, we should probably say we don't know anything about her financial circumstances. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. Right. Um, and yet, people conclude that she has money because of the Louis Vuitton because bag. Because of the Louis Vuitton bag. I've heard that Louis Vuitton in French means probably fake. So um, <laughs> yeah. So just because someone's got a Louis Vuitton bag does not necessarily mean right. they got money. Yeah. You have to go to the Louis Vuitton store to know whether it's <laughs> real or not, right? Because they actually reject you if you come in and with a, a fake right. Louis Vuitton bag. Um, anyway, so the uh, yeah the the argument continues on. Um, in my opinion, it's w whether she deserves the the help or not. I think so. It's she she's trying to um, help, you know, get a better education. Mm -hmm. And and if that means that you have to do everything that you can, for sure. Right. Um, 
Although I agree why so many people also, you know, criticize right. the idea of it. Um, it borderlines um, injustice in the sense of um, wealth, mm, you right. know. And um, because, uh, you know, I, we, we have to say that, we have to mention as well that so many people don't have that, you know, platform right, to, the opportunity to the study opportunity. abroad. That's one. And yeah. also, so many people, smart people, don't even know that this crowdfunding page, kitabisa.com, exists in the mm-hmm. first place, right? So um, I think, uh, but at the end of the day, does she deserve it? I think so. Mm-hmm. Did I f- donate? No. Only because I th- I read her page, the crowdfunding mm-hmm. page, and she didn't make uh, a good uh, case to actually, you know, make me want to help her. Mm. Uh, she went on about, you know, how she uh, she did so many things uh, before she started doing the uh, program at Oxford. And, uh, and then, but she didn't say anything about what she would do when she eventually gets done with the program and when she obtains the degree. And, and it felt to me like um, she's, She's, it's like she she treats it like an something like an entitlement. Right. Right. So there's a sense of entitlement there. Yeah, yeah, like oh, I deserve this. I need the money, and I deserve this. Right. You know. Well, you know, I, I don't know enough about this case to speak as to her motivations or whether she feels entitled or not. But here's the thing, and I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna be a devil's advocate here. Mm. But when someone gives money on crowdfunding. Are they are they necessarily entitled to uh, 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 sort of some sort of accountability from the person they're giving that money to? That's it's not a, a grant, right? No, it's not. It's it's a pure donation. If you're giving a donation, and, right? And and then at the same time, we don't know if if they're actually gonna send the money, right? Right. But it's usually, because it's just like a pledge, basically. It's not. Again, I don't know much about the crowdfunding uh, right. page. To, but but let's assume let's assume that if you make she, a pledge, yeah. you you've already paid the money, right? Uh, that should, you know, work like any other kind of donation. I mean, you give money to a panhandler on the corner of the street. Mm. You're not asking them for accountability. You're not telling them, hey, use this money to buy food, not uh, right. alcohol or something exactly. like that, right? Why would you expect any more accountability from someone you're giving money to on their internet? That's a good question. Yeah. So, but, so that's why I think, you the, know, the reason why I didn't donate mm-hmm. because that that felt off to me right. right i didn't feel any not necessarily like accountability i just wanted to know like okay right. what do you want to do then after this you know that that's going to not just benefit you mm-hmm. personally but also you know the larger audience right i think okay fair enough fair question mm-hmm. okay guys that's all the show we have uh, for today uh erin will be back next week uh, and so i'd really like to thank uh, bastin for sitting in this past three weeks uh, and hopefully you'll be back uh, sometime soon in the future with this. Sure. You, you know I can never say no to you guys. Absolutely. Cool. So uh, thanks so much and uh, we'll see you guys. See you soon. Indonesia and Line Line is a production of Gentle Media. The show is produced by Lisa Seregar, Cristabel Palar, and Budi Darmawan. Our editor is Satrio Utomo. Hey, Jumpa. Yeah.